Mr. James Taylor. My favorite Christmas song and my favorite Christmas album. Oh, tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus is born. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Well, Timmy. Yes, Drewy. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, buddy. You had a Christmas moment where you realized that uh, there was someone you really loved that you wished was sitting at the table with you? Um, no, but recently, uh, I mentioned, I think, on here before, my father's got Parkinson's, and mm-hmm. I think his mortality definitely has, ma- has become a, a real thing for you yes and and just recently christmas we were talking in my class about favorite christmas memories and one of mine came up and it was it happens to be with my father and it's kind of be like oh man yeah hit me hard well our good friend kathy lee gifford of course many know her as the co-host of nbc's today show and uh and of course a brilliant appearance on david letterman so many years ago <laughs> But uh, I want to read something to you. This was uh, a press release from her family, August 9th, 2015. It is with the deepest sadness that we announce the sudden passing of our beloved husband, father, and friend, Frank Gifford. Frank died suddenly this beautiful Sunday morning of natural causes at his Connecticut home. We rejoice in the extraordinary life he was privileged to live, and we feel grateful and blessed to have been loved by such an amazing human being. We ask that our privacy be respected at this difficult time, and we thank you for your prayers, the Gifford family. Of course, growing up in the funeral business myself and, and uh, uh, still being a hospital chaplain to this day, I know that Christmases can be really tough on people when there has been loss, either recent loss or, you know, over the years, you still mourn uh, the, someone's missing. Yeah, I mean, people and even things like, you know, the, that commercial about losing their house into a fire and how, you know, focus oh, on the family health Who, or did, who like that. did that happen to? We interviewed, oh, Marie Osmond, one of her kids yeah. set their house on fire. Yeah. And she took a picture of the burnt down house and put that in, on the Christmas card. I thought that was really <laughs> well done. That's something Kathy Lee Gifford would have done for sure. Hello, Kathy Lee Gifford. Hello, Drew Marshall. You, you couldn't find a Kathy Lee song to play? Oh! <laughs> Kathy James Taylor whom I also adore, but I don't think you're interviewing James Taylor. (laughs) You know what? Can I be honest? As I was saying something about that being my, you know, my favorite Christmas album, it did dawn on me that, uh uh-oh, I think I should have played something. No, I'm not going to let you get away with that. How are you? And who is this person? Who is your tiny Tim sitting there with you? Well, we affectionately call him Tim the Tool because of how many mistakes a show he makes. Yes. It's my gift, Kathy Lee. Hello, Tim the Tool. I make a whole bunch myself. God bless you. Well, God bless you, too, and thank you for standing up for me because Drew All right, doesn't. Are you two done with this little hallmark yes, moment here? It's a beautiful moment. Yeah. Me and Kathy oh, are connected. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I, not, I know you're not into the mushy, uh, you know, sappy kind of... And, and look... Again, having grown up in the funeral business and the, you know, the hospital chapel thing, and I mean, I've been around death uh, my, my entire life, and, and I've seen what faux pas we do as humans. And I've heard many as they say, when I stand near the line, as people are sort of doing the, the uh, going through the line and saying hello to the, the, the grieving family, et cetera, you just right. listen to the stupid things people say. And you can't, I mean, people don't know what to say at the best of times, but at those moments, what do you, what do you say? So what do, what do I say, Kathy? 
know what? It's it's been interesting. Uh, that's been one of the hardest things for me and for my children. That um, because we're doing so well, we are uh, obviously in a state of grace, but also just God from the m- first moment that I found Frank, and then Cody and I tried to revive him for the next twenty minutes or so until the EMTs got there. We had peace that passes all understanding. We were actually rejoicing, and people can't seem to understand that. And when I, I think about it, I go, why can't they understand it? I said, well, number one, they didn't know my husband. Number two, they don't know his Lord. And I explain it this way. The only thing Frank Gifford was afraid of, and, be, and this is a man who's in seven halls of fame, major halls of fame, yeah. you know. <laughs> he was ten men. And, um, and that doesn't mean he was a perfect man. He was by far a perfect man. He was like a David, you know. He was all that. He was just a, a, a man after God's own heart, but also frail and also um, um, not perfect by any means, but, but wow, what a man. Yeah. The only thing that he was afraid of, and I took notice of it because he wasn't afraid of anything, was that he would become a burden to his family, that he would be hooked up to machines, that he would lose his dignity. He had lived the fullest, most incredible life of anybody I'd ever known, And he prayed that the Lord would take him before that happened. So on a gorgeous Sunday morning, I had heard him weigh himself. Your weight is 178 pounds. And I sort of smiled at the time. I said, that's his perfect weight. Hold on, hold on. You have a talking scale? Yes, he's had a talking scale for the entire time we've been married. So I've always known how much he weighs. (laughs) Okay. And, and And he weighed himself. Unlike me, I never do. He did it every single day. He was 178 pounds. He was in my favorite outfit, his black jeans and a white shirt. He was, he was uh, sh- showered and shaved. He was reading, uh, his, had his Bible in front of him. It was a gorgeous uh, Sunday morning. We were ready to go to church. And boy, did he go to church. I, the last time I saw him alive, I, went up, I was sort of just said to him, as I did every Sunday morning, honey, uh, I'm going to go get ready now. I'll see you in a little bit. And he goes, okay. And because of his, the, uh, we didn't know it at the time, but that we expected the CTE. Often, in fact, every Sunday he'd go, okay, I know you've told me before, but what time is church? And I'd tell him. He said, okay, so what time are we leaving? And we just got used to that. It was our new normal, that everything, uh, sort of the um, the um, recent memory stuff was, was very difficult for him. So I I said, I went upstairs, started getting ready for church myself, came down, and he was gone uh, to a far better place. And we live in a pretty beautiful space. You've been here, Drew. It's a gorgeous place. And he went to paradise. He went to be with Jesus, and he went the way he had prayed before he could. We've never, we never saw Frank with a cane. We never saw Frank on medication. We never, he had had the, fine, the best medical report he had had in eight years the week before. Wow. He went... Uh, according to his prayers and according to the Lord's will. And so in the midst of our sadness missing him physically, we were rejoicing that his prayer had been answered. He would never, we'd never even know what it was like to watch our loved ones suffer. Never. And I'd watched my father die long and horrible death from something called Lewy body dementia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also had Parkinson's. And I would take the way the Lord took my husband any day after. I prayed. I was praying at the end of my father's life. This man whom I had was the love of my life. Oh, I loved my daddy. I was praying for God to please 
take him so I wouldn't have to see him suffer anymore. That's what Robin Williams had, that both exact same things. Yes, Parkinson's but here's and... the difference. Here's the difference. I've known some other people. My old dear friend of mine's father just died of Lewy body dementia as well. There are most Lewy body dementia patients have um, um, terrible hallucinations and um, anxiety attacks and everything like that. But because my daddy knew Jesus and because we prayed scripture over him the entire time that he was passing, there was a peace that passed all understanding with, with my daddy, a total peace. My mom was, was reciting the 23rd Psalm for probably the thousandth time when she said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He raised up, took a deep breath, and passed to paradise. I just think there's a, there is power, power in the Word of God. And Frank was reading the Word of God that morning. We were, and, and when I found him, he had a look on his face that said, I just saw Jesus, and Jesus took my breath away. And that's the way he passed. I'm sitting in the very room right now that, that I found him in, that the Lord Jesus took him home. And it, is, it was always his favorite room in his favorite house, in his favorite piece of property, on the planet was our home and this very room. And I've had no problem since that very day to be in it. It's, in fact, I long for it. It's, hmm. it's my favorite place to be, and the kids feel the same way. Okay. Only the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit can give you that kind of peace at a time that would appear to be tragic to yeah. the rest of the world. But that's the, that's the amazing thing about the Word of God. It, 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 people can't understand it. The world can't comprehend it. But we know it's true because we're living it. But, hold, but Kathy Lee, and not everybody who are Jesus people have, you know, die nicely. That's true. I just told you my daddy did. Right. He died nicely. He died. He, he suffered for 10 years. But, but because of the word of God, we were able to do it. He was able to be, get through it. Jesus never said, you know, you're going to have a, 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 just a really easy time. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. But, but, but. Take courage, because I have overcome the world. I have overcome it. We are more than conquerors in Christ. You know, I, I, Sometimes I, I, there will be suffering, physical suffering. Other times it will be instantaneous. But God is there through the, either one of them, all of it, all of it. He's right there, and his power is beyond belief to give you, uh, to give you joy in the midst of your suffering. I, I am just very thankful that you were given that gift because if you had to endure another bout of nonsense that you had to go through with your dad come on you know that's god God is so faithful and that's what i was able to say a week after frank passed never did in the world did i dream that 50 million people would see that virally i'm i'm not a technological girl you know you you mean what you said on the today show yes yeah 50 million people i think it's up to 50 million people now that for such a time as this, God gave me whatever words he gave me, and I had no idea what I was going to say that morning. I just knew it was a tremendous opportunity to share the hope that we have in Christ. You, you also My, didn't know where the Kleenex box was going to come from. I thought that was... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. I have, I have cried very few times in the four months since the, the Lord has taken my husband home. Well, there's got to be something wrong. There's got to be something wrong with you, Kathy Lee. You can't be this positive. You've you got to cry more. You know, um, what people have said that to you, yes? Yeah, some people have even said, well, she was probably glad to get rid of him or something. She obviously Come on. Come. Yeah, well, people say out of ignorance what they say, and, and God bless them. They're just, even the, 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 
the guy on the cross next to Jesus, forgive them. They know not what they do. Again, I say they didn't know my husband, and they didn't know his Lord. And my children, who of course adored their father, have such peace about it. You know, the, the Bible promises us these things. Why don't we believe what he promises? He said he would give us a peace that passes all understanding. My, his grace is sufficient for all our needs. Why don't we believe it? We, we call ourselves Christians, and we call ourselves, which means little Christ, meaning followers of his word. But why don't we believe what he said? I don't know. I, I, that's the great joy of being a Christian is knowing that these promises follow us if we, if we proclaim his, his name and we proclaim our faith in him. These promises are ours for all eternity. Let me, I just want to just go back to you and, and Cody uh, sort of worked on Frank for 20 minutes. You know, you were there in the house. And thank God you were there. You know, I mean, you wouldn't want to come home to that or he was alone or whatever, that sort of thing. But where was where was Cassidy? How did Cassidy find out? That was one of the harder parts of the day. Cassidy had left at 5.30 that morning. She had just gotten a huge movie. Uh, and she was so excited. It was one of the best, it was the best part she'd ever been offered with major stars and she was on her way. She left that morning. It was so. I got up early to send her off. Now, now, when you say she got a huge movie, everyone needs to know she's acting these days. Yes, yeah, she's she, she's done seven films. Yes, yep. She's a, she's an actress, and um, a very fine actress, very intuitive, very instinctive, natural, <laughs> um, very real. You know, her her instincts are good. So, she was setting off to to do this movie called Outlaws and Angels. Um, it was her first period piece. It was takes place in eighteen hundreds. It was a, a western, and it was quite a quite a, a, a challenging role and she was excited came on the heels of a very big movie called the gallows which um had sort of she, she was on she had her mojo she was starting to make a big dent in the industry okay. and that morning um she left at five thirty, and i we believe that frank passed away around um oh let's just say he went home at eight o'clock in the morning so she'd been the last thing i said to her when she was leaving i said daddy said he, to tell you he loves you because he hadn't gotten up. And um, that's the last words she heard from me before. She got on a plane to go to Santa Fe to begin shooting. She had a connecting flight in Minneapolis. And um, we had to call the airlines. And God, the Lord provided even there. I'd just recently become friends with a woman who's huge role at, at, at Delta Airlines. I was able to call her, Christine, our good friend Christine Drew, you know. Christine called her, a wonderful woman named Gail. She made sure that the kindest person in Minneapolis who worked for Delta was there to meet Cassidy's flight there and put her on a different flight home. So my prayers that morning were not for Frank. Frank was already in the arms of Jesus. Frank was home and happy. I know. I can imagine you'd be praying that that Cassidy wouldn't find out through any any other means. That's exactly right, because, you know, these days um, we kept it um, from the press as soon as we could. We just wanted to make sure Cassidy was... was um, was cared for before we yeah. announced it to the press, and we didn't want any misinformation going out. But you can imagine her getting off a plane and hearing on the, you know, CNN or something, yeah. uh, the sudden passing of Frank. Oh, my goodness. NFL, whatever. You know, that, no, we had to take care of Cass. That was truly what was all going through my heart and in my mind. And also, Frank, Cody and I had to decide what to do with Frank's body. He was a, um, a, do- a don- an organ donor. Uh, already he had, had been for years, but at, at the age of almost 85, he was a week shy of 85. You know, I'm not sure that that was the most 
um, pressing thing. What what we knew was that there were hidden, hidden, um, um, probably extraordinary information in his brain, and it was not even a hard decision for me and Cody to make. We knew Co- Frank was Frank was not his body. Frank was his soul. Right. His spirit was with Jesus, and that will live forever. And we said we've always tried to live this way. What would the Lord have us do? And that was our first question. And it was the same as what would Frank have us do? And that would be help people, help people. So we donated his brain to science, and um, that was frankly an easy decision for us to make. And and we will know that um, we we found out after um, the autopsy that of course that he had CTE, chronic, um, um, what's it called? Chronic traumatic um, encephalopathy. I never, I never even knew how to say it. Wow. But um, yeah. So. Um, and and this is this is a result as a result of of uh, head injuries in, in football and that sort of thing, or. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yes, there was not. We had been told at one point that Frank had Alzheimer's, but we never really believed it. Right. It didn't. It didn't follow the pattern of Alzheimer's. Um, so the only way to find out um, uh, completely and, and um, is, is is with an autopsy, uh, either about uh, CTE or um, or Alzheimer's disease. And it, it came back very interesting, and we're going to know the results soon, definitively of a total brain uh, study. Is that um, he um, his the rest of his brain for an 85 year old man was like a man in his 20s. It's what they call a heavy brain. It was heavy, the other parts that were not affected by the CTE. But, and that's why Cody is very much involved in, um, in new technology for helmets to protect. You think about it, a little kid starts playing football when they're four years old in these Pop Warner, um, you know, and, and a child can be, have, have be hit in the head 200 times before they're out of high school if they start with it. And what damage is being done? So we want to be part of the solution, yeah. along well, with the NFL, which Frank loved and loved the game of football. Frank grew up in poverty, and he was grateful for football. We aren't blaming the NFL for any of this. We are, um, we are hoping to partner with them in, in finding, finding uh, ways to, to, to heal CTE, if that's possible. And there is some, some uh, science, something to suggest in science that stem cell research is being helpful for people like T- Tony Dorsett. But, um, but in the meantime, we want, we want the technology to go forward in helmets and in everything else to, uh, to protect young people from, from having their brain damaged in the first place. That's the way to cure so CTE, make sure these kids aren't hurt to begin with. There's a movie just about to be released or just released? Uh, Concussion? Series, no, yeah, Will Smith. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Christmas Day, and that's the Will Smith movie. Any thoughts on yeah. that? Have you seen any screeners? Cody went to see the movie about a month ago and met uh, Dr. Omalu, who's the Nigerian doctor, oh, right, at, right. at the forefront of it. And we are working with him. I mean, they, had, they don't have any too, too many um, Hall of Fame brains to look at. Right. You know, and th- these things have to be donated, whether it's a young kid who, who is killed um, playing high school football or somebody like Frank, whose CTE shows up much, much later in life. We want to know why. Yeah. We think it has something to do with the way the game is played now. You know, men playing the game now are, are, kidding, are killing themselves. They're committing suicide. Frank never had an urge to do anything like that. He didn't even have any of this showing up until the last couple of years of his life. When you would think that would just be old age, yeah. you, know? Yeah. you know? But he was, he was vibrant and, and, and 
so healthy that one thing that you can't undo is brain damage unless we find new ways through stem cell. And that's just at the beginning, just at the beginning. Can, can we just jump back again a second? I, I, I'm not sure we got to the part. I want to know who told Cassidy. Who, who actually told her? This woman showed up and said, you need to call your family right away. Now, Cassidy and Cody had been coming home and staying home much more than they normally would this past year. They sort of innately knew their time with their dad was short. Nothing, nothing exact about it, just they were always showing up. And I go, Cody, you should be at Oxford studying, or Cassidy <laughs> should be on a movie going in L.A., you know, going on your auditions and things. But they, every time they had one free moment, they were home. And that's why Cody happened to be home, and Cass, too, until she left that morning. Yeah. So um, we called, and Cody got on the phone with her, and then I got on the phone with her and told her. Wow. And she, being um, a very devout follower of Jesus, was, was God gave her what she needed at the moment. Hmm. You know, of course she was brokenhearted. And, um, but she got on a, the next plane, and God, God is sufficient for all our needs, according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, as the word says. And he gave her um, a, a grace, a, a state of grace, as she got on that plane. And as she said, you know, it was a four-hour trip home or something from Minneapolis, I don't know. Yeah. We met her at the airplane, and, and um, you know, we, four days later, we gave Frank a party. He, didn't, he hated funerals. <laughs> he had a beautiful party with only, you know, he said, I don't want any jerks there. I only want people I love. Oh, that's <laughs> why I didn't get an invite. Okay, all right. No, yeah. no, he's just people that he deeply, he liked you, Drew, but, you know, he, he met you one time, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Can um, I, hold on, hold on. I have to you share this. He didn't make that big of an impression. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to share this experience. We were up in the balcony of your bedroom looking at, looking down. That just sounds weird right there. And, uh, I know, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at where we sat. And, yes. and we're looking down. And all of a sudden, Frank came up the lawn and, and uh, needed to talk to you, and uh, you introduced us. And and, um, and basically what he said was, you know, it's, it's nice to meet you, but I don't have time to talk. i got to go pick up the kids. Bye. That's that was right. That was pretty much it. That was pretty much it. Yeah. So he, he loved being a father. He loved all of his children. He was so grateful to have a, a new family that he could sort of sort of um, undo some of the things that had happened. Or he, before he knew the Lord, I mean, he asked Jesus into his heart when he was a child, but Frank didn't walk with the Lord until the latter part of his life, really walk with him and seek him. Yeah. And um, I'm so grateful for that. We went to Israel about two and a half years ago, and, and that was a, a total life changer for, for, for Frank. And um, his favorite thing were the rocks we, came, we got from the Valley of Elah where, um, where David fought Goliath. And you know, you came to our house before this trip, but after that, uh, if anybody wanted to go to Frank's trophy room, and believe me, everybody did, he would take you into that trophy room, and only thing he wanted to show you were the rocks we brought back, where David slew Goliath, because God has, uh, the, the, the message we were taught there by our friend Ray Vanderlaan was, you know what, the miracle of, of David and Goliath was not so much that David, a shepherd boy, could kill a giant. That's what shepherds do. They kill, they kill anything that it threatens the sheep. And David had already killed a lion and already killed a bear, the Word of God tells us. The miracle of David killing Goliath was that David had a living relationship with the living God of Israel. And that's what he came against him with. And everything else was already there. And that's why Frank loved that whole thing. What is your stone? Where are you going to throw it? And um, that 
profound teaching changed his life. You know, I, 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 um, I'm glad, actually, the first time Frank and I spoke that he didn't have those stones and it wasn't in person because the first time we spoke, he was upset with me because you had just finished your hour-and-a-half interview with me. <laughs> you were on the phone. You had just finished praying. You were on your knees, and you were crying. And Frank walks in, and you said, oh, just a second, Frank's here. And you put him on the phone, and the first thing he said to me, honestly, it's the first time I've been scared to death on the phone. Here's Frank. What are you doing with my woman? <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't have a problem admitting there was a little incontinence that happened at that moment. <laughs> That's why God made the pens. Jeez. Anyway, no, he, Frank was honest. He was. I mean, he says, why is my wife on the floor crying, uh, praying to God? But I prayed for you, Drew, since the day I met you. I prayed for you this morning. You were, and I prayed through your dark season. I knew God would bring you out of it. Um, you know, you are called of God for such a time as this. You are a unique individual. I love your irreverence, not towards the things of the Lord, just the, the insanity of life. I've always respected that, and I really, I totally relate to it. You, you are, you can't stand the BS, and I can't, and I can't either. You know, and Jesus couldn't. Jesus couldn't stand it. The religiosity made him crazy. Not crazy. It's the only thing that that he truly got angry at. Um, with what religious people thinking that they knew better or that they were better than other people, he just can't stand the arrogance and the haughtiness and the um, and and the hypocrisy, and and we all are capable of it and we all are guilty of it at times. But but the Lord Jesus just loves a humble heart. Just loves a humble heart, and I'm I, I know you're doing better, and and I'm I'm grateful for that. We all have dark seasons. We all have painful seasons. We all have times of, of struggling with to believe. And that's why Paul, uh, Peter said, I do believe. Or no, the, 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 was it the centurion? I do believe. Help my unbelief. Um, you know, we all have moments like that, and he understands. That's the cool thing. Sorry. You know what? I just looked at the time. It's Are we okay for five five minutes or so? Is that okay? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. I don't want to get uh, Christine angry at me. You know what I mean? Well, you know Christine. She has no mercy. <laughs> That's that's the other time I've been scared on the phone. <laughs> She's the best. Um, do, what does grieving look like for you? Because as an outsider listening to this interview, uh, you know, especially someone who's not in, maybe into the God stuff, not in, not into the Jesus stuff, right. you know, they, they'd hear you and they go, "Really, really? Are you re-? like? Come on, this isn't. There's you, you can't tell me you haven't had dark time. You haven't been gre. You know." What does grieving look like for you, Kathy Lee? I think grieving is a very different process for everybody. For everyone, right. Yeah, when I grieved over my daddy, um, I had chance to grieve for him before he even passed. I, gr- I grieved over the loss of this amazing man. I mean, I, I cry now over my daddy. Um, the great, great father he was to me, everything he taught me, there is still not a day that goes by that I don't remember the things my daddy told me. He that was the most profound influence on my life. Um, and then Billy Graham, who I came to faith through with his movie, the, the, the Restless Ones. With Frank, I saw Frank's life as a triumph, not a tragedy. Mm-hmm. If I had lost a child to an accident or to some horrible um, 
you know, Cassie's in a new movie coming out in January called um, Caged, about a young girl who's sold into the sex trade by, through, by her own father, which is happening every 10 seconds in our nation and in your nation as well. Uh, children are being sold into the sex trade by their own loved ones to either get rid of debt or whatever, just evil. And that is a, that's a reality. I mean, if I'd lost a child to that, you know, if you don't, I, I would put a chip in my children today if they were young, knowing what I know now about human trafficking. I would put it because in the first 24 hours, if you can't find your child, yeah. they can be lost to you forever. They've got a needle in their arm. They are out of it. They're on, they're somehow smuggled out of the country, and then they're in a brothel somewhere until they're no good to anybody, and they're thrown in the streets to die. And that is the sick, sad, truly horrendous reality of, tra- of trafficking. If I had lost a child that way, I think grief would look very different to me, and I would be in a different kind of season. But um, that is not my reality. And I, if I had a child with cancer, so struggling and suffering every day, uh, I'm, grieving would look different to me. But grieving is different, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus who has loved me and supported me and my children and given us peace and comfort during this season with Frank is the same Jesus that will show up for anybody in a season of grief. How, anybody. How did you and Frank actually meet? Uh, was it through Christian Mingle? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> this is why I love you. No, no, no. I was uh, new at Good Morning America in 1982. And it was 4 o'clock in the morning. I was there to uh, do an Alpo commercial with a very disgusting um, dog. A, um, what, are the, what are those the ones I can't... I don't like them. They're, um, oh, they're just big and filthy and stinky. I'll think of it in a second. Anyway. A Shih Tzu? No, they're adorable. No, no, no. Uh, it was just the kind that have just the hang dogs and the, they've got the big long ear. Oh, I can't even think about it. Okay. Anyway. I'm, I'm ready to do a commercial with an uh, Alpo commercial, and I'm walking to my dressing room, and I, to my, I look to my left, and there's the greatest pair of buns I have ever seen Stop in my it. life. Stop leaning it. Leaning over a sink. Stop. Put contact lenses in. I have no idea who the buns belong to. I just, I can appreciate a great pair of buns. I'm not an idiot. I like fine art. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, um, I say to the, 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 the being, the, 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 uh, the owner of the buns, I say, have I got an operation for you? Because I just had radial keratotomy on my eyes, which was the precursor to late uh, LASIK. Right. And, and, and a voice comes from the buns, yes. not from the buns, but from the person <laughs> well, the owner of A voice came from, and he's been talking <laughs> out his butt ever since. Yes, uh. yes. Saying, yeah, with a fool on either end. Meaning his doctor had told him only an idiot gets this operation, and only an idiot performs it. Huh. That was the first word spoken between me and my beloved, Frank Gifford, whom I later married and spent 29 years with. We were friends for four years before we fell in love. We had a big age difference, 23 years. Never occurred to me that he might be uh, the man of God, uh, that, he, that God had chosen for me, and the father of my future children. I, it just never dawned on me. We were just friends, and he was such a great friend to me. Frank was a great friend to everybody. He really, he took care of people. That's what he loved doing more than anything in the world was taking care of people. This guy is a walking act of kindness. 
I used to call him the human love machine, and people took it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> he was not a porn star, okay. although he was capable of, you know, if, if he could call. <laughs> Uh, no, he was. He loved people, and I mean, Frank's favorite thing in the world was to hang with the. I used to get mad at him because he'd always stop to talk to the police, or the firefighters, or our, our men and women in uniform. Constantly, Frank was saying thank you to people, and stopping just to just you know, talk to them and just validate them. And I thought that sometimes it would. I mean, sometimes we relate to something, and he'd stop and talk to the traffic, the, the the traffic guard. You know, the guy that. The woman lets the pit stops traffic so a kid can cross the street. That is is, is annoying enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Frank would then stop in the middle of the traffic to say, "How you doing? How's your family? God bless you." And then I we'd all want to scream at him, but we all look back on it now like, "What a wonderful, beautiful thing he did was to validate people that were doing a service for us." Hmm. And I find myself doing it much, much more now in honor of Frank. It's not a policeman I pass or a or a person uh, wearing a uniform that I don't say thank you for your service. It's important we validate these people. Well, you know, there's something else that's got to be brought up in this, and that is the date that Frank Gifford died. Um, Hoda gets up in the morning. She's got a day planned that was going to go a certain direction, and she was going to yeah. have some celebrations, and right. it, it was her birthday. It was her birthday, August 9th, and she was in New Orleans, one of her favorite places on the planet, and she was getting on a plane. And I texted her, um, left a, a voice message, actually, to right. say what had happened. Right. She gets it the minute she's off the plane, and I said, please don't come, please don't, you know, whatever. Hoda yeah. never does what I say. She gets in a car and comes straight to my home just to hug me and see yeah. if I'm okay. And she, like everybody else, was stunned to discover that not only was I okay, I was rejoicing. Yeah. And um, and it's real. You don't fake rejoicing. You know, it's either you're either rejoicing or you aren't. And I was rejoicing in the midst of being, I mean, we were, you know, just, I mean, finding your husband um, deceased on the floor and trying to revive him is something you'll never, ever forget. But being able to praise God even in the midst of it only confirmed that my faith was, is real. And, and, and that faith is, and people say to me, I have faith envy with you, Kathy. And I go, well, that's ridiculous. We're only supposed to envy what we can't have. You know, my faith is, is available to everybody, and it's completely free. It's completely free. Christ died for every human being. His grace is available to everyone who will just receive it as a gift that it is. Jesus was crucified between two Two criminals. One received his grace. The other didn't. If anybody's listening today and, they, and, they are, and they're fighting it, don't fight it. Be the one that said, uh, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me. And Jesus is faithful to do so. And Jesus said, believe me. I promise you, you will be with me in paradise this very day. If you want to pass into the next world the way my husband did, with peace and joy, and you want to know that there's that this is not all there is on this planet, that there this is just the beginning, and life eternal stretches before all of us. It's a decision every human being has to make. Don't choose the road of the one who says, "I just can't believe it." One person said to me, "I just I'm sorry, but I've I've just had too great an education. 
I said, what? I know too much, she said. And I went, are you kidding me? What about Thomas Jefferson and, 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 and all of our great leaders who formed our nation? What about C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, men, you know, they're... There are colleges named after these men. They were great intellects. Lincoln, Lincoln, all received Christ into their hearts. And um, it, it, to use that as an excuse, I said, you know what? You've had a really bad education. You went to a university university that that denied the existence of God. They did you a tremendous disservice. Why don't you seek Him? Why don't you get a different kind of education? The Bible says, seek him, and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. His his promises are true. Give him a chance. You've given everything else in life a chance. And and yet you, you, you resist him, the author of life himself. Don't do it. That's truly a stupid choice to make. Give God an opportunity to move and live in your life and bring you to newness of life. You'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. Well, just in case you weren't, uh, or you were wondering who you were listening to, uh, folks, it is the Drew Marshall Show. Um, I know that would be shocking to some of you to hear this much this much um, wisdom on the Drew Marshall Show, but this is Kathy Lee Gifford who's speaking right now, and that's why it's a bit of a refreshing Christmas present for our for our Christmas show, our last show of 2015. It's nice to have a little wisdom once in a while, eh, Tim? What was that, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were out to dinner the other night. Matt Lauer took us all out. And I adore everybody I work with at NBC. Honestly, the nicest group of people ever, ever, ever. And I can say that because Regis is now a member of the NBC family, too. But um, everybody went around because they were going to the Star Wars um, um, showing that evening, and, and I went home and watched the debate. That was more important to me. <laughs> but anyway, I, um, they all were talking about if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Yeah. And I, and I looked at all of them. I said, I know you guys think I'm crazy, and they do. They love me anyway. And I said, I would want the very thing King Solomon asked for. There is no greater superpower in the world than asking for wisdom. Come on, what about That's invisibility? It. No. Flight. No, I want Flight? Wisdom. wisdom helps you in every situation, every situation, ask for God's wisdom. And I said, that's the superpower I want. And that one is actually achievable just by asking. So thank you for saying that. It's funny that you would use that word. And I'm honored, Drew, that you asked me to be on your very last show of, of the year. I love you, my friend. Well, look, this was important for me, that you that if you were able to do this, because, you know, not everybody's able to do it, but if you were able to do this, this is exactly the kind of interview I need to have and always try to have on my Christmas shows because Christmas sucks for a lot of people because of, of losing yeah. loved ones. I know, and they feel hopeless, and they feel like... Yeah. You know, they've had nothing but bad things happen, and what hope could there be for the New York, the New Year? Well, you know, choose hope. There's a wonderful scripture, and I pray it over you, my friend. I think it's um, Romans 15, 13. I could be wrong about that, but it has now made a God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that that, that you may be filled with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what people need, is all joy and peace and filled with the hope of the Holy Spirit. That's my prayer for you, Thank you. and Tiny Tim and all of your listeners. Thank you, sister. <laughs> uh, uh, we just got an email, or sorry, a, a Facebook message from uh, one of our listeners, Faye Collins. She says, listening right now, awesome interview. You two are great together. 
And that makes me think of something that I've said to you quite often that I can no longer say because it's not funny anymore, which is, Kathy, how's Frank? <laughs> how's your wife, by the way? Are you still married? <laughs> Well, Merry Christmas. Love uh, on your wife. Honey. You never know when the last chance you get. Love on your loved ones. Love on your loved ones. Yeah. God bless you guys. Thanks for having me today. I actually love you. I know that. <laughs> I know that. She's like Han Solo. That's the day we became friends. I love you too, my friend. I'll see you in my prayers tomorrow morning. Thank you, Kathy Lee. Bye, Tim. See ya, girl. Bye. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Kathy Lee Gifford on the Drew Marshall Show. <sighs> I was getting a little smitten. Yeah, she's good people. This is her singing. We, yes, had, to, we had to play something. For sure. Can't just have James Taylor all day. <laughs> what a loser. Short break. We'll be right back with so much more, including a, a visit with our Hollywood correspondent, Carrie Pomeroli. The world.